was the first time of my life that my father told me I'm really proud of you guys. I was taking the train two, three, four times a week. Start my first client. And then I would come back home like I went to school, you know. I want to take that responsibility as well. If I can change someone's life, then I'm the happiest person in the world. For all the moms, especially mine, what does mindfulness mean? Mindfulness is a mental state achieved by focusing on one's awareness and the present moment, while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations, used as a therapeutic technique. Yusra, welcome. This is a book uh, called Mindfulness for Moms. Uh, and considering we have two guests on the podcast <laughs> today, we have you and your, and your baby, uh, I thought I'd offer you this book. Uh, it's a book in which you'll discover ways of bringing mindfulness into your day, uh, having an own self-care routine when you have a, a baby, breathing exercises to do with your children, how to prepare for a good night of sleep, and a one-minute mindfulness technique. So I hope it can be of use. Thank you so much. My of pleasure. course it will. Thank you. So sweet. <laughs> awesome. Thank hey you. Hey guys, how's everyone doing? We're doing well. Hope you're doing well as well. And today we're here with a brand new episode of The Success Show. And today we're joined by Yusra, uh, entrepreneur, trainer, and soon to become mom. And uh, really excited to have you. We have been friends for quite a while. And we've had many long conversations that I have learned so much from. So it's only logical that we have, a, that we have you on the podcast so we can share your knowledge to an even broader audience. And I'm super excited to have this podcast with you. So welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Super excited as well. <laughs> Well, let's start. You can yes. further introduce yourself. Before you continue watching, please consider subscribing and hitting the notification bell so you never miss a future upload. So, like you said, I'm Yusra. Uh, I'm 28, almost 29 years old. Uh, I'm uh, born in Belgium, originally from Morocco. Two parents Mor Moroccan. Um, I lived almost, for now, my whole life in Belgium and now... Uh, I moved in Holland those last two years for work. Like you said, I'm an entrepreneur now. So everything changed for me. So, uh, uh, yeah, in the fitness part, in the fitness side. Uh, for a lot of people don't know because I work in the fitness, but I'm actually a nurse as well, specializing in emergencies. So I did all my studies in Belgium. I worked there as well. And then um, with the COVID, everything changed. So uh, I decided to focus fully on the fitness part and fitness business and to start uh, my own thing. Um, yeah, mommy to be soon, like you said, <laughs> to make it short. This is a little bit who I am like this after I can. Uh, I would love to talk more about uh, my journey and who I am exactly. Yeah, awesome. Also, I didn't know that it's been so little time since COVID that you started with training. I thought... You were training before that as well, right? Yeah, I was a trainer way before that. Uh, since uh, my 19, 20 years old. Yeah, I started very early. So it all started in Belgium, but I was working not... F I was working for myself as well, but uh, at Basic Fit. Yeah, so I didn't have my own gym like today uh, here in Holland. Uh, but I definitely started my fitness journey when I was 17. And when I was almost 20, I started to, I, I, I became a trainer actually, already. What was the reason you started to, to train? 
Um, my love and my passion with sports uh, started way before when I was eight. Eight. Yes. So um, for the story, I was born. Uh, everything was fine, and then when I was three years old. Uh, my parents could see that I had really difficulties to breathe, so something was not going well. So uh, they took me, of course, to the doctor, and I, they found out that I had, and I still have asthma. But it was a pretty, um, at that age, it was a severe asthma, so I couldn't really uh, go to play like every kid of three years old for the whole day, or else I would have uh, really difficulties to breathe. And the treatment that I had as well at that age was pretty heavy. So I had, um, in French, you say cortisone. I don't know if in English as well. So those kind of uh, medication are also heavy and make you gain weight because there are a lot of uh, sugar in it. So, uh, yeah, I just grew up like this from my three till eight years old. With asthma, um, I couldn't really play like every kid. I couldn't do sports at school. And I was on treatment every day, every day, every day. So when I was eight, my parents decided that we had to do something because I was just becoming more and more uh, heavy. I was becoming heavier. So they decided for me to put me on basketball. Yeah. I still thank them so much for that. <laughs> so I started to play basketball and then I fell in love with basketball. Really. So this is where my uh, journey with sports started. So I played basketball from my eight till 22 years, 23 years old, actually, every year, nonstop. Um, and uh, next to that, uh, yeah, like I said, fitness when I was 17, so I was combining both. But uh, it started very early and um, it started from my parents, so I didn't really have a reason. Um, but while I was growing up, I really understood the place that basketball took in my life. That's why I, would, I wanted to stay there. It brought me so much discipline, so much discipline. Um, I had, it taught me everything about life. So everything I would face in life, I would put it um, like it was a basketball game, you know? So I was like, okay, this training or this game if I can finish it, if I can give my best, and I will, then I win. So I was taking every um, step in my life the same way. Everything I would face that was a little bit difficult for me, I was like, Yus, you remember that time at the training you think you couldn't finish it, but you did it? It's the same. So this, you can also go over it and you can achieve what you want. And that's when I realized yeah, it brought me so much discipline and so much um, structure, really a lot of structure. And uh, I learned so much about myself. I never knew that I could reach so much, you know. Uh, I never thought that I could go uh, over my limits. So I really thank basketball for that. It made me really who I am today. Yeah. How often were you training at the time? Two to three times plus the game. So per week. Nice. So let's say three, four times a week, yeah. At that young age, I think it's it, it was pretty good. Would you recommend for every child to do a sport? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, I think you learn so much about yourself, you know, when you do uh, a sport. But 
uh, as well for the, the discipline and for, uh, yeah, just learning about who you are, what you can do. Because most of the time, especially when you're a child, you discover yourself. You don't know what you are able to do. If you can do it, you think maybe you have a lot of dreams, a, a lot of dreams, sorry, but you think maybe that it's too big, you know, that you cannot reach that. And I think sports brings you really uh, everything you need to believe in yourself and to fight for what you want. Yeah. And is that all types of sports or do you believe some sports have that more than others? To me, honestly, um, I think and I believe every kind of sports. And I believe that uh, a child sh should be also able to, to choose for what he wants to do. Yeah, it's very important that a child should uh, choose his own path. I know we say it's a child, so he doesn't know much and he doesn't know what's good for him. But I think we should always let the children give a trial to what they want. Just give them the opportunity to show you what they want to do and give them the opportunity to choose because then they can be fully who they want to be, you know? And you just hold their hand along the process. Uh... Exactly. Of course, you hold their hands and uh, you should be there if they fall as well. And uh, maybe sometimes you have to re uh, redirect them to say, okay, maybe it's not the best thing for you right now. Maybe we can look together to something else. But to force a child to do something that he doesn't want to do, um, it's, really, it's really killing for him mentally. Yeah. In, in, in your case, if you feel comfortable talking about that, did you have that in your education where some things you really wanted to do, but people around you were uh, not particularly supportive of that? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. But that's also what, make me, uh, what made me who I am today. I was in love with sports my whole life. So once I finished my studies at 17... This is the only way I wanted to take. I wanted to become a personal trainer. I already knew from 15, 16 years old that I wanted to work for myself, that I wanted to work in fitness, and that I wanted to play to a very good level of basketball. And this, no one could take it out of my head. But of course, when I explained it to my parents, my parents for who, sorry, my parents for who I have a lot of respect, and they did everything good. They did the best to raise us. And uh, I really thank them for everything they did because I know everything they did was out of love and out of fear as well. They, they were really scared for me and, uh, of course, for my brothers as well. So that's why sometimes the decisions they would take would be tough, but it's all out of love. So my parents would not agree with that. Because they don't know. They don't know what kind of life is the fitness life. They never heard that someone can earn money with fitness. And they can, yeah, they just don't know. It's like, huh? Unknown. What are you talking about? So for them, the big dream would be that their daughter would be a doctor or a lawyer. or So it was very hard because I had to, yeah, I had to go against them a little bit. So I tried to go against them, but it didn't work. I was uh, 18, uh, but they said, no, you're gonna, you can do basketball, you can train, you can do everything you want, but you're going to study something. 
So I was like, okay, next to fitness, I think what I love the most is everything around medical. So or becoming a doctor or a nurse. So I went by myself to subscribe to university to become a doctor. And I did my first year. And um, yeah, I understood it was not for me. I, I just understood that the lifestyle as a student at the university was just not for me. It was not who I wanted to be, you know, because being that year at university studying doctor, to become a doctor, um, it just got all my other dreams. I couldn't train anymore like I wanted because I was training every day. Uh, I couldn't go to every practice of basketball. So to me, mentally, it was very difficult. So I had to let what I love for what I don't really put first. So after a year, I decided I went back to my parents and I said, this is not for me. So they were like, what do you mean this is not for me? I said, it's just not for me. <laughs> yeah, look, I passed only three exams on eight. So I showed them my, my, you know, my June results. Like, I don't feel it, you know? So I said, okay, I'm going to try a last thing for you, Papa, Mama. Um, I'm going to study nurse to become a nurse and... Uh, I will do my best because I think this is going to fit me more. And if it doesn't work, then, uh, yeah, we will see. Let's just, let's just give it a try, you know. But it went very good, actually. So I could combine both. I could combine my, uh, my uh, fitness life, my basketball life, and studying as a nurse. And, uh, yeah, it went good. After four years, I got my uh, diploma. So I uh, became a nurse specialized in emergencies when I was 22, amazing. And uh, there was other, another dilemma again that I had to go against my parents. Is that I said, okay, I studied, like you asked me, but I don't want to work as a nurse. <laughs> so they were like, uh, again, unknown, what do you mean, you know? For them, it's very hard. They come from, they come from Morocco. They did everything they had to do to, to have a good life, to earn money. And uh, for them, the dream was just to have a contract, to work for a bus, and to have your salary every month. But to me, it was not. I don't know where I got that. I don't know where I, I get that mentality from, but it was new in my family. No one ever did that. So for them, it was, yeah, fear, but also maybe a little bit ashamed. What is my daughter doing? Because no one does that. It's new. No one did that. So I, uh, I, yeah, I went against them a little bit and I started to work by myself as a personal trainer and a fitness trainer. And uh, yeah, every month I was bringing them money, what I earned per month to say, okay, look, we can actually earn money with fitness, you know? So they were like, mm, okay. I was still bringing money, but they were not really, you know, they were not really satisfied. And uh, it took them very long to accept it. I think it took them until I came here in Holland to open that beautiful gym immersive studios with Dennis. And then they realized that how serious it was and how good I was in fitness actually. But I had to go against them a lot, a lot. Against what they want. And um, yeah, I was feeling 
really lonely my decisions every time because I hadn't I didn't feel any support from them so it was very hard and uh, it's even more pressure because you like okay if it doesn't work you know what they're gonna tell you right <laughs> they're gonna tell you I told you you don't listen they'll just give you the look it's enough exactly the look you know like <laughs> so it was double pressure but that's what also give you a lot of strength to to reach that and uh, yeah I'm so happy that I always wanted to fight for what I want because today I'm really where I wanted to be definitely yeah I, I think also like what's important to keep in mind with this is that in 99% of the cases like your parents will always be acting out of love exactly. and uh, I, like I, I know exactly what you're saying because I have the same thing it's when they don't have a reference Like they, they they see people that are like doctors and uh, architects or uh, lawyers and and that's like the safe route. You mm -hmm. have a good salary, you have a good boss, uh, you can raise your, your your small family, you have a little house. But some people are just like it, it, it that doesn't appeal to to you and for the same same I I have the same thing. And when they don't have a reference, we cannot blame them for that because they're like okay, but what are you gonna do exactly? Yeah. Like. I don't really know, actually, but I know I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I know I'm not going to follow the system and uh, do that. I, I want to do something different. And it takes some figuring out. And out of love, they will try to not make you go on that path because you're taking a risk at the end of the day. And what you have done is, is extraordinary. And it's not uh, meant to be like that for a lot of people. A lot of people will fail on that path. Being a personal trainer is you don't have like a fixed salary. You're taking a lot of risk. You're dependent on other people, and that is for every uh, entrepreneurial endeavor you you do. So, yeah, like for all the people watching and listening, like if your parents have certain fears, you ca you can't blame them for that. They no. will be out of love, and perhaps they don't uh, communicate that in the most loving manner. Like perhaps they get mad or they get stressed about it, but it's pure, you know. And there are certain ways to handle that, and we can talk about how like. Like you were going against them, but what were you doing to show them that, or did you just like you you knew that it was going to work? Because when you brought them to the gym, you mentioned that they were really happy, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, like I said, it took a long time for them to finally understand and accept fully. They accepted it somehow with the time, but to accept fully that okay, she has a future in that, and she did it because I remember when I was 18, I told them. And they were not the only ones, but around me I was saying my dream is to have my own gym. And Eunice, that you believe me or not, I was believing in it so much that the gym today, Immersive Studios, of course, the idea came from Dennis and I together and the work we put together. But there are so many small things that came already from that child, some ideas that came from that child of, you know, 18 years old that was dreaming about about her own gym. So, you know, there are so many small details that I was already seeing myself that in that gym, that I would have that gym one day, my own gym, you know. And uh, I believed in it so much that it, it became real. You know what I mean? And, um, of course, today, they, they yeah, they are so proud. And they told us to Dennis and I both that how proud they are and uh, that feels really good because to be honest in, in 
In my culture, it's something a little bit hard. It was the first time of my life that my father told me, I'm really proud of you guys, you know? And uh, yeah, we, we were a little bit emotional because I never heard him saying that. I knew he was several times, but the fact that he said it, when he saw, the, yeah, all the gyms, because we have immersive studios, Dennis before that already started by himself CrossFit Immersive, and then now in Impenberg we have a push athlete, lifestyle athlete. So we, we, we could show everything, you know, and uh, they were so proud. They were so proud. I, I, uh, I had to go against them, but what did I do to respond to your question? Yeah. I did things that they still, maybe they don't know about still today. <laughs> Because why studying uh, uh, to become a nurse? I was never at school. No, I was never at school. Only if you had, uh, how do you say that? You had the, the obligatory class. So they would write your name. And if you're not there, then, you know, it's a problem. But um, I was never there. I was the whole day at the gym. <laughs> I swear. And sometimes I would take the train. So where I used to live in Namen, in Wallonia, uh, I had to take the train one hour to go to Brussels. But nothing happens in Namen, you know? It's like a small village. Nothing happens. So fitness life in Brussels was wow. So I wanted to be there. I wanted to learn. So I was taking the train two, three, four times a, uh, a week with them, without uh, them knowing it. And uh, I would just spend the whole day with people that are already trainers and just take notes, just start my first clients, just learn. And also, yeah, I did so many things. And then I would come back home like I went to school, you know? <laughs> so it was like four, I was calculating, okay, four, uh, I have to take the train at three like this, I have 4.30 at home, you know, like I went at, at school. It makes sense to them. <laughs> It's a day, it made sense. They didn't ask, where were you? Because I'm supposed to be at school, you know, from eight till four or eight to five. And uh, yeah, it's a big risk that I took as well because in my studies, you never at school. So if I would tell them I never go at school because I want to do fitness, they're going to tell me, but how are you going to pass? You know? So yeah, I was doing a lot of things that were not really cool at that moment, let's say, but I knew I would do it, you know? I was just trusting myself so much. I was like, you got this. You just go do what you have to do. And when it was uh, the exams in December and June, May, June, I would lock myself in the room and I started to discover every subject because I, I didn't go at school, you know. I, I, I never went. I was almost never going to school. So I was just discovering, taking my uh, syllabus, And I was like, okay, this is about this. Okay, this is about that. Making my own notes. So people actually were studying maybe, I don't know, eight, ten hours. But I was almost not sleeping because I was discovering the subject, trying to understand and study what I had to study, you know. But thank God I always passed everything without any problem, you know. And uh, this is what I did for four years. So when I finished school, I was also ready to kick everything in the fitness, you know? I did so many model training. I was already, I already did my model of personal trainer. I paid it by myself. They never knew. I paid everything by myself. They never knew because I was working as a student as well. So I just tried to make it work because I was like, I know one day I will just 
I will just have that gym. I will just be in that life that I want to be, you know? And uh, yeah, basically that's what I did. And uh, yeah, I think they don't even know that today. <laughs> Still, I have to tell them when they eventually that, you know, I was not going to school. I was doing that and that. I think they're going to laugh about it today. But at that moment. Yeah, no go. No go. No go, definitely. Yeah. I think you could describe it as calculated risk, right? Because, yeah. like, I, I think also when you're young, between the age of, let's say, 18 and 28, something like that, personally, I feel like that that is the time where you can take on the most risk. Yeah. Because you don't have the baggage, you do not have, you're not, like, you're not really, in most cases, you're not paying for your house, you still will live with your parents, if that's the case. You have very low overhead costs, com com like, in uh, in comparison to when you're older, And quite simply, you, you have less responsibility outside. You just have yourself. You have to feed yourself. You have to take care of yourself. When you get older, when you're 35, you have a child, you have a wife. You take care of your family. You have more responsibility. It becomes really hard mm -hmm. to go to, to Brussels, to take the train in the morning, go back. No, your wife will be at home or your husband will be at home. And we're like, what's this? Exactly. You have, you, you're, uh, you have certain responsibilities. So when you're young... Like taking calculated risk is always beneficial, and the, the 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 best thing is that if it fails, then you learn something from that, and you have to recalibrate, look at the situation, and how can you do it better? Because I'm sure plenty of things also didn't go as you planned when you when you were doing that. Of course. Are there any things that like any hardships that you encountered back then? Besides already that you had to hide all those things because that's not not easy. You know, to be honest, at that age, it was maybe the best age of of my life for now, as in, in taking risks, like you said. Um, you just, you're not scared of anything. Today, maybe I'm almost 29, I can still, I can see that sometimes I start not to be scared, but I calculate the risk. Okay, not okay, you know. And back then, I wouldn't even think, I was like, just go for it, you know. I wouldn't think yet there is a risk or this or that. So I didn't, to be honest, I didn't uh, experience that, that much hardship at that moment. Everything, really everything worked out, you know. And that's how also I knew I was on the right path. Everything worked out. Everything I did, everything I wanted to do, it was just boom, you know, following me. And uh, yeah, it was nice. But where I found a lot of, problems was after um like i explained before i uh, i started to work by myself after my studies and after a moment i was earning good of course i was doing what i had to do but after a moment i was already thinking okay i want to buy a house um i'm very young i think i can buy a house but um my income now as self-employed is gonna take me three years and blah 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 so I was thinking should I go back to working as a nurse but you know combined with my personal uh, trainer lifestyle so I did it eventually I find work in Brussels as a nurse full-time job very good uh, contract uh, I was earning for 30 hours a week I was earning like 1700 but to me it was perfect because I had my other income next to it you know I just wanted that contract for a year I was like 
let's just work here as a nurse, then you can give all the papers you need, and you can just buy a house. And uh, everything worked out good. I even decided to move to Brussels that year. So I was still living at my parents before. So I could put all my money on the side and just if I need something, I had everything. I could help them, you know. That was also something that I always wanted to do. If my mother needed anything, I would just give her. She would go to Morocco. I would just book for her the ticket. I felt good, you know. Book for her the ticket, just give her the money to spend there. And um, I was really living on my own bubble, in my own bubble, you know, everything going well. And uh, I moved to Brussels because it was easier for work. You know, always the train and blah, blah, blah. It was too much. Once I moved, after a few months, uh, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> I got fired for 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 reason that I didn't even understand and I'm not even sure I still understand today I got sick and uh, the doctor gave me one week of rest because I had the flu but pretty hard flu with fever and everything okay so he gave me one week to to rest so I sent that certificate that I can stay one week at home at home and after three four days I was I started to feel better and me Yusra being very yeah, training every day and being really addicted to training. While uh, I saw that I was getting better, I went to the gym after four days just to train, you know. And when I trained, someone from my work saw me. So uh, I don't know what happened, but when I came back to work after that week, I got called by the boss in the office. And uh, he was like, yeah, um, we have to tell you goodbye. So I was like, okay, yeah, we have to tell you goodbye because you were sick, but you were still doing your work because they knew I was personal training next to it. You were still working for yourself. So actually you're missing work, but you do your other job next to it and everything. But I was like, no, I was not working. I was just training for myself and I don't know what's the problem. So he was like, yeah, I, my company doesn't fit your uh, spirit a little bit to entrepreneur you are too entrepreneur for me, you know? So what he wanted is just like, yeah, people following exactly what he wants, what he needs, without giving their own opinion. And I was not like that, you know? Uh, so yeah, he just fired me. And that's when everything uh, started to change because my new lifestyle and my new life was based on those two incomes. I had that income to pay everything that I needed to pay. And the rest to put on the side and to enjoy, make my parents enjoy. So everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. And uh, I had a crazy rent to pay every month also because I had a nice apartment. Because I could afford it at that moment. So everything went wrong. I started to struggle. I was late in rent. Uh, I was calculating everything, then putting pressure on myself to, of course, make more money uh, with my clients, you know. So I got a lot of debts. Yeah, I got a lot of debts in a short time. And that was new for me, you know. It was like, boom. It was really a shock. And uh, yeah, I was like, is, yeah, is it everything coming back to my face? I don't know. 
but it was a big shock. But, you know, I was like, okay, wake up, wake up, find another job, it's fine. And uh, after a few months, I found another job again. And uh, I got fired again. <laughs> <laughs> I got fired again. What was I the reason swear. this time? I don't remember the reason, but I think he had, it was also, every time I got fired, every time, only two, tw twice, <laughs> it was always, um, I was too entrepreneur. I, I was not feeling the company because they wanted just people who follow what they do without saying nothing. And you know what I mean? So they were always, even at the job interview, they were like, okay, we can see that you are really someone entrepreneur, entrepreneur. And uh, you have your own business on the side. So they knew, you know, they, they knew uh, what they had to deal with. And um, somehow it just didn't fit them again, you know. I was like, okay, wow. So it put me even in more troubles, you know, with the, with the debts and everything. And uh, yeah, that's what I faced. That's what I faced. I faced a lot of uh, heavy times because I couldn't pay everything I... I uh, everything I accepted at that moment, everything the lifestyle I choose. There was a moment I couldn't afford it anymore, you know. And that was a big shock. And uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it's crazy, but I had to count. I had to count everything, you know. I had to count even when I do my groceries. Okay, I can just eat with this this week. Crazy, huh? You come from that to that. I can just do that. I can just do that. And uh, yeah, sometimes I was crying because I was like, what am I, what am I doing? What did I do? Should I go back to my parents? <laughs> Don't go back to your parents. They're going to say, I told you. <laughs> I told you, you know. So it was hard going back to see them every weekend. Never told them I got fired. Uh, the first time I never said the second time so they don't even know everything that happened to me you know because if they would know they would be so scared they would be it would kill them you know so I had to face everything by myself and every weekend I would go see them smile on my face everything is going well everything is going good if you need something do you need that but wow I didn't even have that money that I was saying, do you, do you need that? Do you need that, you know? So yeah, that was a tough time. That was a tough time. But uh, I, get, I got out of it, definitely. Thank God, I definitely got out of it. But it was a very hard time for me. And um, it was new. It was new. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes you have to uh, dive in the deep waters to get to know yourself. Mm -hmm. And... By doing this, once again, when we're talking about risk, it goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And this is part of the journey, right, of being an entrepreneur. The second you, uh, you come out of the, in Holland, camera from Koophandel, and you have your little paper that says that you're an entrepreneur, okay, that's fancy, but are you ready to take on the risk? Are you ready to work for, for no one? Are you yeah. ready to take on projects on a random basis? Because you don't know when the projects come, even... As a personal trainer, if someone doesn't show up, you don't get paid. Exactly. It can get really stressful. Uh, but yeah, as, as that works, it's high risk, high reward. If you continue doing it long enough, I think you... Uh, and you, but, but I think what was the, the distinguishing factor in this story is that you really love what you were doing. 
Yeah, definitely. Like you were so uh, connected to training and to helping people work on, on their body that uh, it didn't even feel like work probably. It was just like, it was you. And when you have something like that, it's it, like that helps in the process, I think. But imagine being in a situation like that, working a shitty job that you don't like. I think then you're really in like a, that's a very tricky place to come out of. Yeah, and actually, now that you're saying that, I exactly remember uh, that the second time I got fired was just... Oh, yeah, tell us. Yeah, I remember why and when and what happened. So, wow, it was crazy. So I got, you know, uh, because I got fired the first time, I put so much pressure on myself that I was working again as a nurse, full-time, 38 hours, 38 hours. And then I would go to the gym and work again almost full time. I was working like 60 hours a week or something, you know? <laughs> 60 hours a week. So I would wake up at 6, start my nurse uh, work around 7. You had to already start with your first uh, patient at 7. So boom, 7, 7 till uh, 2, 3 o'clock. Then I would go straight away to the gym until 10 in the evening. PT, 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 classes, PT, PT. So that was my lifestyle. And I was putting so much pressure on myself um, business-wise, but also I never wanted to disappoint my parents, you know? And I felt like uh, I felt like I was failing. And that's the hardest feeling ever and the worst feeling ever. And I was really feeling like I'm failing and they don't know anything about it. And if they know, they would be so disappointed, you know. So I was working so much that somehow I'm someone who doesn't really feel the stress. If you ask me, are you stressed? I'm never stressed. I don't feel it. But maybe my body is sometimes. But I don't know, you know. So I remember I was, I was working. I just finished my uh, nurse job. I went to the last patient at home. I was going home. It was uh, a 25 December because I was working on Christmas. Yeah, just before the COVID. Uh, I was working on Christmas and um, while I was driving on the highway, I felt really a pain in my chest, you know, on the left side. I was like, okay, I think it's nothing. But then the pain was becoming heavier and heavier. And then it was burning in the middle. And then my left arm started to get heavier. And I'm a nurse, so imagine. So I know exactly the symptoms of every, you know, every trouble, every, every um, sickness, every... So what came into my mastery was like, am I having a pre-heart attack, you know? Because those are the signs, you know, uh, the first signs. And I was like, no, just breathe. You're not having a pre-heart attack or a heart attack. It's fine. Just drive. You're almost home. Dennis was at home at that moment. So I was like, I'm going to call him because if I talk to him, I'm going to calm down a little bit. Uh, and at the moment I was calling him and talking with him, uh, I started to feel... All this part, so the left arm who was getting heavier, it came all the way up. And I was feeling the left side of my face as well getting heavier. 
and I had difficult. It was difficult for me to talk. And he said, "Are you okay?" I said, "Actually, not really." And I explained to him, and he said, "Oh my God." Just go on the side of the highway. I'm coming to join you to pick you up, you know. So it made me even a little bit um, anxious. And I was stressed because I was like, is this really happening to me? Am I having a heart attack now on the highway? So I listened to him. I, I just parked on the side in the middle of the highway, of course, on the right band. And um, he was just talking to me to calm me down. I sent him the location he was coming. But then my breath started to get heavier and heavier. And I think because I was a little bit stressed at the same time, at the moment I was, I was stressed, definitely. I couldn't really breathe, you know, and I couldn't feel my mouth. So uh, eventually he came. He, I was not that far. We went to the emergency. And uh, yeah, they did some blood tests and everything. They checked my heart. So on the... On the um, on the, uh, how do you say that? Um, on the eg examination, examination of yeah. my heart, they didn't see anything on the on that. But in the blood, they could see those enzymes. You know, you have some enzyme who will get activated just before a heart attack. That they got a little bit higher. You know. So she saw that, and she asked me. Are you under a lot of pressure? Are you stressed? Are you this? Are you that? I said, I'm not stressed, but yeah, maybe I'm under a lot of pressure and I'm tired because I'm working a lot, you know. So she said, okay, uh, we're going to keep you a little bit longer, a few hours, and we're going to recheck. If those enzymes don't, don't go down, then we have to look further. But if it goes down, that means that it was just too much pressure, too much stress for your heart, for your body, and you have to rest. So that's what happened. Thank God it didn't go up. It went down. So we got home. So I called my boss to explain to him, you know. But I still went to work the following day eh? because I didn't want to disappoint him. <laughs> because I remember I got fired once. I didn't want to get fired twice, you know. I went to work, but I explained to him. Okay. After that day I went to work, it came back. In the morning, same thing. The pain. Uh on the chest and the arm. So I told him I'm not able to come today, it's coming back. And everything went wrong. From that from that part, uh, my boss, I think, didn't take me that serious. That I just didn't want, I didn't want to come to work from, him, from his side. So yeah, um, only the difference at the moment is that I was so concerned about my, my, my uh, health and what happened. It was such a shock. You know, you you 20, I was what, 26, 25? Yeah, 26. Almost. You're 26 and you're having almost a heart attack just because of stress or pressure or, you know, you're having a heart problem. I was like, no, no, no money in the world. No money in the world can take that from me, you know. So I said to my boss, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to come. That you want it or not. I need some rest. Stop. Then I get fired. <laughs> yeah, it was just before COVID I got fired. But I get fired. Then COVID came. Basic, basic feet closed. Because it Ooh. was pr big alert of COVID, right? So I didn't have any job anymore. Not this one, but not this one as well. Because I was mainly working at basic fit, you know, as a, as a trainer. Yeah.
So you didn't have job at that time? I didn't have job. So uh, in Holland it was going better because the gyms didn't close at that moment. So then he said, just come. We're going to do PT together at CrossFit Immersive. Uh, we're going to work a little bit together. You're going to help me. First, I got my rest a few weeks, of course, because I needed it. And uh, I just joined him. And then eventually here in Holland, also the gyms, uh, it was locked down. Uh, gyms had to close. Uh, you can only train one by one outside. So, yeah, I was without job, actually, just helping Dennis. Sorry, just interrupt. Like, after those weeks of rest, did, did that, uh, what occurred to your chest and your arm, did that come back after? No, or never. So it was really stress. It was really we stress. We just needed to zone out a little bit. Yeah, bro, it was really stressed. It was so much. I put so much pressure on myself. Also in the, my personal life, because like I said, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do everything for my parents. I wanted to, you know, I, I, I see big for them and I want to, everything they did for me when I was younger, I want to give give it back, you know. And uh, I put too much pressure on myself, working two jobs full time, you know, for a year, nonstop. So I think it was just too much. So it never came back. Thank God it never came back. But um At that moment, I choose to choose for myself as well, you know. I choose that, okay, if if it feels okay, if it feels good, do it. But if it's not, don't do it. And to me, at that moment, it was done to work for a bus. And I didn't care about buying that house anymore, you know. I didn't care to buy the house. I was like, it's going to come at the right time. You're 25. It's fine if you don't buy a house at 25 years old. Stop putting that pressure on yourself. Because I was putting that pressure on myself too. I wanted a new car. I wanted a house. I wanted to... You know, I was like, this is how it should be. This is how I was seeing it. But I made myself sick, you know? Mm. Uh, by by putting so much pressure on me. So um, I just took it easy. And I was like, we start from zero again. It's fine. Let's scratch. Um, let's start from scratch, sorry. Let's start everything from zero and... Um, I came here, no job, <laughs> no job. Of course, I had Dennis, so it was nice. I worked with him in uh, his gym. And then, then came the idea of Immersive Studios. Before we move on to Immersive Studios, which is on itself a super exciting topic, I want to talk about like health as well, because you, you were chasing a lot of... Uh, Can we say materialistic things? Yeah. You're chasing a house, car, uh, yeah. a type of lifestyle, we can say. And that's great because it made you work so hard. But there is a certain limit to that, right? Because the second it starts costing you your health, is it still worth it? No, bro. No, it's not. It's not. And that's what I realized. To be honest with you, I don't even think that at the moment I was putting that pressure on myself, but it was more... I'm not saying it's because of my parents, of course not. But at the moment, um, they were expecting more from me, you know? Out of love, once again, out of respect. So I had that pressure and I put extra pressure on myself, you know? Uh, because they told me several times, of course, now you should be able to buy a house. You should buy a house. How come you cannot buy a house yet, you know? You've been working so hard and blah, blah, blah. So uh, I put that pressure on me. But 
I had to learn how to say stop at that moment. Mm. Stop to them as well. So that story, I said it to my mother, but not to my father. I said, this is what happened to me. I was driving. This happened. This happened. So my health is not on the, on, on the right uh, path right now. So I'm going to slow down and I don't want to hear anything anymore. Anything about, okay, you should do like this. Maybe you should do that because it gives me more pressure. Of course, they just want my good, but I couldn't handle it anymore. And it doesn't worth it. Of course not. What are you going to do without your health? What? Nothing. You can have all the money in the world. You can have everything. But what if you cannot walk or stand in the morning anymore? Or if you cannot just open your eyes, see people that you love, talk to people that you love? It isn't worth it. Today, it's not about that anymore. I just don't care. I just don't care. I just want to I want to be healthy. I want to inspire people and I just want to be um yeah, like I said a good source of inspiration to do better in life. But the the rest, the money. Yeah, matter. I mean like to to relate back to that. Uh I think money is really interesting, right? Like Of course. Financial freedom is something that I feel like gets bashed a lot. It's mm-hmm. like money is bad and you don't need, like, to a certain extent, m- money is a, is a currency and it can be used to achieve financial freedom. I think there are three pillars in life that are really important. Uh, they're, like, when you're young, it's, it's really hard to attain that. But now with social media and, like, online ways of doing business, if you really want it, I think you can. And I think it would be, like, financial freedom... Uh, location freedom and time freedom yeah, exactly. in no specific order if you have those three things then you are completely out of the you know you can like move around the system you can kind of have your own rules to play by and everyone has their own goals and I respect that but I think that if you have those three things you have a really good f- like a fundament for living a, a healthy life and money is one of those things right but then there's the but Without health, you cannot enjoy any of those freedoms. Exactly. So you have to, like when you're chasing all those things and you're working really hard, you have to some way or another incorporate your health in that. And I think you and me, we, we talked about this several times, when I have like exam weeks, I'm not at the gym for one week. Mm-hmm. I'm not eating anything. I'm just at school doing this and that. And I know it's bad. So then, you know, like I get to think, I start thinking about that. And now this exam week, I started meal prepping and I started like taking like a lunchbox to school and a shake and at least I knew I was getting some of my calories nice. in. Yeah. So that was all thanks to you. We had that, that talk. So yeah, like freedom is good and money is important and, and it can be used. But please put your health first because if you don't have that, then you know, exactly. like, what, what do you have even? And also something that's also really interesting that I want to touch on is just being grateful for what you have. I think nowadays everyone is chasing, 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 chasing. Exactly. Yeah. Calm down a minute. If you fifty minutes a day, just sit down, look outside, look at the the view, look at the birds, go in nature, mm-hmm. sit down, and thank the universe, God, whoever you like, you believe in, for everything you have. If you are lucky enough to at that moment be standing there and breathing, you already have so much. Exactly. If you think about all the other things that happen in the world right now, like 
we we've talked about these things so yeah. so much that you know like people are always chasing and more like and just more. taking like like mm -hmm. time to be grateful for what you have i think that's something that's like key fundament of being happy and that can be in a way of meditating praying going on a walk there are different ways to uh manifest that but i think having some of that in your day makes you relax like it, it makes you it clears your mind in a way and to be it, grateful yeah. yeah to be grateful i think that's really nice Mm -hmm. You know, definitely what you said is, is, is exactly that. It's uh, powerful what you said. It's just being grateful, you know. Without your head, you wouldn't be able to enjoy all those things. And I've been working as a nurse, of course. I, I, I saw sickness. I saw people died in my hands, you know. I experienced that several times. People died in my hands with family around. And uh, when you look at that, nothing matters anymore, you know. Nothing matters because some of them had so much money. What do, what do you take with you, you know? What do you take with you? So um, all those things made me re really realize and think. Of course, don't get me wrong, money is good. <laughs> I'm not going to say the opposite. Money is good. To be able to be uh, financially free, that gives you also, like I said, a lot of freedom in your time but until which extent you know and I think this is where we have to be a little bit balanced and think about it every day like you say being grateful okay today it was a day maybe not like I wanted to but thank god I'm I'm still healthy my people that I love are around me I can still do basic things. Tomorrow is, is another day. We're going to make it better, you know? And uh, being grateful, definitely. Grateful, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you nowadays practice that actively, if I may ask? Of course. Or is it because some people have that automatically. Uh, do, do you do something specific to just um, like shut off time, to spend time on that specifically? I, uh, I'm... Uh, I'm a really faithful person, so God has the biggest uh, place in my life, the biggest. Um, I wouldn't be there without God. I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have what I have. Everything is from Him. You can, I believe that you can do whatever you want, but if God doesn't bless you, and if He doesn't decide that it's your, your time, and this is for you, you won't have it. So everything I have today, I'm so grateful for it. And I, I, I think every day about God and I thank God every day. And uh, for example, I'm doing by praying as well every day. I'm trying to, I'm doing my best to thank God and to talk with him and to pray and to say, thank you for everything you give me and thank you for everything you do for me, you know. And uh, that's my only way to be grateful. And of course, this is towards God, but also towards people around me. I just tell them, I think it's important that we, today we, we forget that people around us, we can just tell them a thank you, or I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for being in my life. You know what I mean? And that's also being grateful, and I think we should do it more often. And uh, those two things I'm trying to practice every day. 
Yeah, definitely. I've had that realization once. I think we were talking about uh, Morocco together. And obviously you have family in Morocco, I have family in Algeria. Yeah. And uh, when you come back from a country like that, hmm. it just like, it humbles you so much. Here you, you worry about that tonight you cannot go out to dinner, mm -hmm. to Simona's, you can't eat sushi. And, and there you see people just playing with rocks and they're so happy. They're so happy. And something that's really interesting, there are statistics of, uh, in Africa and like depression is a really sens sensitive subject. So I kind of have to watch my words when, when I, I speak about this. But in those countries, the, the numbers of people that are depressed are so low because <laughs> they like their norm to be happy is way lower they don't need anything to have that and here like like there are always specific ways and uh you know like it, it depends on on the cases but if you get used like a certain lifestyle and that gets taken away from you and then you start having like you start having all these feelings and stuff You can't compare it to there. Like people that live in wards and stuff. And you see the children laughing. You're like, <laughs> how does that even work? Even now what's happening in Europe also. Like it, it's a different kind. Like they're built different in a way. And when you visit a country like that and you come back, I think it's the most humbling feeling ever because you come back and you're like, come on, Eunice. Like what are you <laughs> crying about not being able to play games at night or whatever yeah. like people don't have anything there exactly. be grateful for what you have and uh i think that would like to make the world a better place you start with yourself and if you can implement that to yourself then you can start you know expanding that towards other people <laughs> definitely numbers you exactly i mean we, we come from i think the most important thing for me as well is that i'm born in belgium and i'm living still in belgium and holland in between right now is to never forget where I come from. And for me, a way to also be grateful is to never forget where I come from and to go back often. When I say often, it's at least every year to Morocco. It's, I just came back from Morocco. Again, I went to visit my family. And um, yeah, I just, every time I go to Morocco, it's just so special. The feeling is so special. You you feel like uh, nothing is more important than being there and sharing just the small things that they have with them. You know, and uh, of course, when you go there, like you said, it humbles you so much and you wish you could give the world to them, you know, because you see so many things. I just came back from Morocco, like I said, and all the family of my mother is still living there it's very hard for me to always face to face the, their kind of life when I go there because they don't have much and uh, uh, they all live in the same house depending on one income so it's very tough of course we do always our best to be there and Yeah, you just do your best, but it doesn't take away what they're going through and the, the kind of life they have. And every time I'm there and I come back, that's why it's so important to go because it brings you back straight away on 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 the important things, you know. 
here, sometimes, like you said, we just worry about small things. Yeah, I wanted that dress. Oh, I didn't get it. Seriously, you know? And then you see that and you're like, I'm, I don't care about that dress. I, I, let's give that money to the, the same amount just for them to eat, you know? Yeah. And uh, I made that. Today, I really made that my purpose in life, you know? And that's why I say, don't get me wrong, money is good. And I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I wish I would be rich one day. I really want to be rich. But not for me. Not for me. I just hope one day I will have s so much money or enough that I can change people's life around me, you know? My family or not my family, but if I can just do something financially as well, that's one of my biggest dreams because at the end of the day, we can say whatever we want. Of course, health is important, but those people in those countries, if they don't have money, they cannot go to the doctor. Yeah. So money, okay, but until, yeah, which extent? Of course, it's also very important, you know? And uh, yeah, I think that's that's one of my biggest purpose in life today. Yeah, yeah, it just comes back to like, even for myself, sometimes I catch myself. I'm like, I'm so privileged mm -hmm. sitting here with these beautiful mics on a nice sofa, like, like the... the I'm so privileged to to be here, and when that realization kicks in, it's also it serves as a really driving power. Mm -hmm. When I, I I think about the things I want to achieve, I want to help my family in in Algeria, for example, and even my my mom. Like I'm so blessed to be raised with uh, such an amazing woman. She always told me like like if you ever have a lot of money, like you, you cannot go and buy 400 euro shoes. Go mm -hmm. buy them secondhand if you really want them. Yeah. Uh, but you have seen the people in Algeria, how they live. You're not going to, like, first you have to take care of that, and then you can do the things that you want to do. If you want to go on a nice vacation, sure. But if your family is out there and they're not doing well, then how can you live how with yourself you? like that? Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that those values got installed in me young, and I mean, it's the exact same thing that, that you're mentioning right now. So, yeah, just also actionable advice. If you ever have the possibility to go to a... Uh, a country that is not as developed as the countries uh, in, like in the West or US, uh, from wherever you're you're listening from, like that's such a beautiful experience that you can learn so much from. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Human experience. Yeah. 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 So, like you said, it's uh, values that we are very uh, grateful. Uh, for having from our parents definitely and I think we won't put the same we want to give the same values yeah. and principles to our children you know because um, yeah at the end of the day that's what matters helping the other one helping each other and talking about teaching children things I mean you're going to become a, a mom very soon maybe you're already a mom yeah, when, when yeah. you're watching this <laughs> yeah are there certain values that you thought about that you particularly want to install in your in your child? Because I read something really interesting by Jordan Peterson. He's a psychologist and a really interesting speaker. And he was talking about uh, that as a parent, or at least as a dad, uh, he said that I don't want to be my, my child's best friend. Mm -hmm. I want to be someone that he looks up to. 
because uh, if you're his best friend, that means he's going to treat you like your best friend. And you can still have fights with your best friend. He said, I don't want that. I want my child to respect me. I want him to give the lessons. Uh, and if we're best friends, then like we're going to talk to each other. No, 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 no. I want a position where I can tell my child what to do. And you're like, oh, but that's so hard. Your child should discover on himself. No, he's a kid. He doesn't know shit. I'm going to teach him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to install my values in my child. Mm-hmm. And you have all these people that are like, no, the child should learn on himself what he has to do. And I, I strongly agree with, with Jordan on that, that he says, no, there are certain values that I want to install in my ch- child because I know that that's what works. Mm-hmm. And like doing that, uh, like, of course, in a loving way, there are ways to do that. Uh, if you want him to be grateful, like you're not going to starve him. So you like now appreciate food. Like there are, w- <laughs> there are ways to, to, to do it. But I think in today's world, like it's, uh, people raise their children in a very soft way. And mm-hmm. we should maybe go back a little bit back in time to bring back the, the like that, that stronger side for both men and women. I think yeah. it's, uh, it can be valuable. Yeah, definitely. Um, but sorry, back to the question. I went on a little uh, tangent. Like what? what what are the things that you would want to install in, in your child? I think what you said is very interesting because I also agree with that. Mainly, um, I want my children, of course, to respect me and to respect uh, what I teach them. And the values uh, that are really important to me, I want my children to be able to be happy. Definitely. Uh, being happy, that means that I think as a parent, I think it would be hard to see that your child is not happy, you know, um, based on you, only you are choosing for, for them. So I mainly uh, agree with you that, of course, kids don't know at, until a certain age, yeah. don't get me wrong, until a certain, certain age they don't know anything they don't know so we have to show them but you also have to be able at a certain age to let your child fly by himself a little bit if i take my example my parents did everything could the way they um, their education the way they raised me and my brothers as well because we got of course the same education but and we've been raised the same way is similar, but we three all of all of us we are different, you know. And um, I know I made some choices that were not, yeah, they were not really what my parents were expecting from me, and based on the education they gave me, but they learned how to trust me at a certain age based on the on the education they gave me. Okay, now we know we raised her well. We did our best. She's at the age that she might take decisions we don't fully understand. But they trust in me. And I, I, I wish I can reach that with my children as well. Um, the values that I got from my parents and the principles, um, but that somehow I should be able to say, okay, now you can choose by yourself and you can... I, I, I trust you, you know, I trust you. I know I raised you good. I know I gave you everything you needed to know. And I trust you, but I'm also here. So if you, yeah, if you need anything, you can always 
talk to me for me the communication is also a big value um because when i've been younger i was not able to communicate like i wanted with my parents and um that's something that was always thinking okay i want this different if i become a mother I don't want to be best friend with my children, exactly like you said, because there is a form of respect and a, f a form of uh, role model. But I want to be able that they could speak with me. They can communicate yeah, with me. Super important. Yeah. The very fine line between the two. Like the, exactly. the, the whole thing about not being their best friend was that you only get two parents and you have an infinite amount of best friends. Exact. So parents do parents things and best friends do best friend things. Yeah. But obviously, it's so important for both the father and the mother to have a bond with their child where uh, there's no resistance, there's no obstacles between the communication. Mm -hmm. It's the most beautiful thing when you see, uh, like, when, when, you can be, when you can speak with your child about everything and they feel comfortable to discuss things and they feel comfortable exactly. to ask advice. I think as a parent, it's your responsibility to build a bond like that with your child. Mm -hmm. And... I'm sure you'll be great at that because you, even in your job now as a personal trainer, uh, when I see you train, you're talking so much with your clients and people open up to you, they get emotional, they let everything out there. And if you can do that with clients, then I'm sure you'll be able to do a great job at that with your child as well. So Thank you. I hope so. I think as well, but the challenge comes at the right time. Yeah. So. <laughs> We will see when uh, the baby is there, definitely. But uh, yeah, I hope. I will do my best. I will definitely do my best. Amazing. Yeah. Are there any things you're, uh, in a way, nervous about to become a mother? Because it's it's something big, right? Yeah, it's something very big. And it's something I always wanted. So I'm really excited. And I don't know. For now, I'm not nervous at all. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> I'm just excited and I'm really happy because it's one of my biggest, uh, yeah, my biggest um, hope that comes, that, that becomes true. And uh, no, I'm not nervous. I'm just excited now. I have just seven weeks left for the baby to come normally if everything is fine. And I'm really excited. I just can't wait to, to embrace that that part of my life I'm really ready like we talked about it since I'm very young you see that I'm that I'm uh, working a lot and I'm focused on my business and but now I want to give a moment to mommy life just a little bit yeah I'm really ready for that nothing matters now only my family yeah yeah that's also in life right like being able to take those decisions it's uh yeah you're basically putting your career on standby Mm -hmm. for now and there's a time and place for that was it hard to make that decision to be like okay now it's the time for that like how did you decide on that hmm. I'm not gonna lie <laughs> because I know also a lot of people who would see this would say I'm lying It's it was not easy not to take a decision to be a mother because that's for sure I won't but I realize now I'm still working right now I'm still working full time so I'm almost to my due date, but I'm still at the gym. I'm still training. I'm still uh, training my clients because somehow it's hard for me to let it go a little bit. Um, yeah, my life is based on that. My daily life until now was only uh, my job because it's more than a job. You know, it's more, it's a passion. It's, it's um, 
what I give to people and what they gave me, the energy, the vibe, changing people's life. That's what makes me happy. So it's a little bit difficult for me to leave. And also I create some links with um, yeah, my clients that it's hard. I have the feeling that I'm letting, letting them, you know, and I just let them by themselves. They will be fine. That's why we created uh, Immersive Studios and we wanted to have a great team. We have a great team. So I know they will be fine without me for a few months. But it's still a little bit difficult, I'm not going to lie. Um, so now I plan to stop in two weeks to work, maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to make that choice. But I, I, I wrote it down for me. I was like, okay, Yusra, normally from the 10th of July, you're not going to be at work anymore. It's okay. You have to come in your mommy uh, life and just, yeah. Yeah, prepare. Prepare for that. That's it. Finish. Yeah. Yeah. And you quickly talked about immersive studios. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like, I mean, I, I train there obviously, and my producer does too. And <laughs> like, when we go there, it's like the vibe is like you can go to any gym, like, you won't find that. It's such a down to earth vibe. Just like the sole difference for people that have never been there, when you go in, everyone will shake your hands, everyone greets you. And even my producer, like we, when we go there, he was like, bro, like everyone greeted me. That's crazy. <laughs> like what? Like, didn't even know me? Yeah. <laughs> and then just, we have people from all different backgrounds and everyone just coexists in such a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. And to create such a vibe, like you and Dennis and the people that work there, all the personal trainers, big shout out to everyone. Like that's Thank so you. hard to, to, to attain and did it in a beautiful way, I think. True. It is, uh, it is beautiful and that's what we always wanted to have. Um, Dennis and I, we always been on the same vibe. And where we talked about having a gym together and, yeah, immersive studios, we always wanted that vibe to be uh, the priority, you know? And when I say that vibe is that for us, in our personal life, everyone is equal. So you are like me, I'm like you. I'm no, nothing more than you. We are all the same. No matter where you come from, no matter your religion, no matter your skin color, no matter if you're a woman or a man, your age, it can be young or way older. To us, everyone is equal. And um, the experience that we want to give to everyone is that they should feel welcome in that community feel welcome and to leave that experience that is okay i'm going to the gym but it's more than a gym it's more than training it's um i communicate with everyone like uh, your producer said we, we just say hi to everyone this is basic you know it should be like that because you come in somewhere you want to be part of a community so we have to welcome you so that's what is really important to us. I think Dennis and I, we are really like that in life as well. We are really welcoming and we just try to make everyone feel comfortable. So uh, yeah, Immersive Studios is definitely about that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember the first time I, I met you guys. I, I talked <laughs> I about this in the, yeah. in the Dennis podcast, the very first podcast we made. 
yeah. I just walked up to you and then it was in a horrible mood because he just we were, you were guys we were at the restaurant and <laughs> we the, food food. Was, the food was horrible <laughs> and uh, I just went to him and he was okay he was smiling you were smiling and then the next day we we worked together and from there on is history but like I think that's such a beautiful trait to have the it's really humble I think you're down to earth you treat everyone as equals because I think the danger with success and we like we call this a success show but it's not about attaining success it's at a certain level you you get the success mm-hmm. and when you when you open a gym like this and you have people like, with very big names coming to train there and you know things are going well when you attain that success things can get a little bit to your head and you can yeah. st- like your ego starts growing and you start just acting out of place like you and it's a natural thing because things are going well so you change but i think the art of mastering success is as, as you talked about just coming knowing where you come from you know you're yusra and i'm yunus and we we, we shouldn't change that because mm-hmm. that's our core nature and of course you'll change and you'll grow and you'll learn but they're like the the, the, the arrogance and the acting out of place that that i think we should try to minimize that and with success have you experienced that that when things were going well you at least for me i'm like okay you must calm down things are going well but you're still just a student <laughs> and you have to get your homework done like everyone so yeah i think um to be honest i didn't experience it in that way i've been always very aware that uh I think it's just in me. I've been always very aware that I'm 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 like everyone, you know. So I'm really like everyone, and of course I'm really uh, I'm really proud of, the, of ourselves uh, with the team that we have such a nice gym, and um, that we have, like you said, artists and freelancer, like big people coming, you know. But to me, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter why what I what I say about it doesn't matter is that it doesn't matter what they do. I love them for who they are and I respect them for who they are, not as an artist or a freelancer, but their personality. For example, we have like everyone know uh, know, I think we have a friend who comes to train. And uh, it's funny because I realized after a long time, I didn't I didn't realize but friend I never call him friend, I call him Francis. That's his name. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's his name. And until today, I just, yeah, I, I, I just call him Francis and because I, I want to show and I, I think I just really feel that it's just about their personality. They're just human beings like us, you know? Of course, they are huge artists and so talented and, and I'm really fan of their work, but they come to us for another for another thing, for another purpose, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I think if you put that always first, human being, we're all equal, you remember? Then we're all the same. And that brings a nice vibe in the gym because they can be themselves also and they are chill with everyone, no matter who it is. Yeah, exactly. I think also the those people that have a really high... Uh, really high status, they seek that. Yeah. To just come to a place where they're not treated and they can... Of course, like, if you see him, like, he likes to take a photo with you, but mm-hmm. at some moment, he likes to turn that off as well. Mm-hmm. Still, those people are still human beings, and they also like that 
calmness. And I think what you and Dennis do so well is that to treat people like people and not like, yeah. uh, you know, aliens that are like, whoa, you're amazing. Of course, they are. Yeah. And But they know. They know. It so, like, like, when they go to the gym, it's a way to, I think, for them also to detach from that mm-hmm. and to just solely focus on their, their work and passion. You have to uh, respect that, yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. <laughs> are there other things that that you find really important in the gym to uh like core values for for the gym i don't know like everything is natural because it's just the way you uh you know you and dennis live and you project that in the gym are there other things that you actively seek in in the gym in the way people work together or yeah like i said um i think the 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 main values for us and that's what is going to make everything work is the respect and the equality. Um, we just talked about how many type of people we have in the gym, different type of people. We have everything. We have, like we said, artists, influencers, we have uh, doctors, we have lawyers, we have, uh, uh, yeah, every type of people, but they have to feel all equal, you know? They have to... Uh, be able to be in the same, in the same uh, atmosphere, in the same room, without feeling that someone is higher than the other one. And that's for us so important, and it's based on respect, right? So those values are really important to us, to respect each other, that everyone is equal, and that we just are nice with each other. We don't judge each other. That's very important. Same in the team. In the team, we work together, we are one, and we want to stay one, equal, respect each other, communicate with each other, and we don't judge each other. We just love each other, yeah. Sounds like a dream place to work. Definitely. <laughs> to be honest, it is. It's, it, it's a nice place to work. I think that's why we love to be there. It, it's, not, it's not work. It's crazy, but it's passion. It's not work. I think you know what I mean by passion because yeah. you have your own passion as well. <laughs> It's not work. It just that's why we can work sometimes fifteen hours a day, sixteen hours a day is crazy. We like how, but it just love. Yeah, you guys are crazy though. Like I see sometimes you both of you are there at six in the morning and you're there till eleven and then I'm like, But when do you sleep? Because if you have to drive home then you're like five hours of sleep yeah. and you're there again at six the next day. That's crazy, intense. but it is. It is yeah. It's intense, but it is it, it worth it, you know? Yeah. It's worth it. And I think what makes us very happy as well is to see that we change people's life. And I think then it's now we have the same, in that, that side we have the same main goal is that we have the same purpose, I would say. If we want to change people's life. If someone tells us, you changed my life, thank you. You made me happier. You made me, uh, you gave me more confidence. You made me this, you made me that. To me, it, it, it means so much that that money that he's paying me, it brings so much love and joy in my heart because if I leave this earth, I'm not going to take that money, you know, that he paid me with, but I'm going to take that good deeds that I made someone feel better, that I took care of someone, you know, and... I think, yeah, for us, that's the most beautiful thing. Sometimes we are very tired. Sometimes it's late. We're supposed to be done because this is how we planned, but it's never good how, how we plan. 
and then you have someone who needs to talk to you. Sometimes we take t so much time. We take time to sit with that person and listen because just that conversation can do so much for that person. I think we cannot go sleep being like, oh, you, we, told, we said to that person, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, keep it in mind, you know, or I see you during the week. No, some people really come to us not only for training and not only for the physical part, but for the mental part, you know. Mentally, we mean a lot to them. And I feel that responsibility and I want to take that responsibility as well because if I can change someone's life, then I'm the happiest person in the world. Just to put a smile on your face, you know? Yeah. Uh, was that a, a active search? Because like obviously you did your qualifications to become a trainer. But now we're really talking therapy. We're talking about being able to listen. Mm -hmm. Being able to listen is such an amazing skill in everything in life. Mm -hmm. uh, is that something that you actively tried to learn or is that something that was just you from the beginning? Um, I think I didn't... I also, of course, learned how to do it because, I mean, we learn so much every day, every year. So I learned a lot from not being a trainer to becoming a trainer. Wow, today with this mic. <laughs> so I learned a lot, um, but I was as well lucky that during my studies of becoming a nurse, you do that a lot. A nurse is not only someone who heals you and take care of that part of your body or that part, but it's a, a total. So the nurse, when she comes to, to her patient, she will ask, how are you? How are you feeling today? And she will listen. While doing her job, she would listen. Sometimes even I would sit with my patient and just listen and, and talk because, yeah, you cannot leave someone who's feeling sad. Yeah, I just came to do that. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. You know, some do, and it's fine. It's their choice, but I can't. So I was always giving time to them, listening. And, um, yeah, same in my... Uh, in my uh, work as a personal trainer, as a trainer, I just, I think it was already in me, but I still learn every day about it. I realized that I'm more and more listening and more giving time than, for example, two, three years ago, you know? Yeah. And to, to refer back to that, I think uh, like a nice uh, topic to, to also close on is the foundation that you work so much on. Mm -hmm. We talked about Immortal Studios, talked about you, talked about helping people, and that all comes together in the, the foundation. Can you tell us something about that? Yes, Puffy Foundation. <laughs> so um, I don't remember if Dennis talked about it during the podcast, right? He yeah. did, huh? Yeah. So the foundation we have today with Dennis, the Puffy Foundation, uh, it's uh, a foundation that is born in Ghana, of course, with Dennis and his father, but that we want to extend way more than Ghana. Um, I think our next step, if God permits, would be in Morocco. And that foundation right now, um, with that foundation, we are building a school in Ghana for children uh, that cannot afford school because, of course, we want them to have a future. We talked about it before. It's so important that children can choose what they want to do and that they should be able, and not because they're born in a certain country 
or in a certain area that they are limit limitless. They cannot do anything just because of where they are born. So um, yeah, we are definitely working on that. And uh, that foundation is based on our values as well. We're all equal. So today's Ghana, tomorrow maybe it's Morocco. Uh, who knows, maybe it's gonna be somewhere else, South Africa. I don't know, everywhere that is needed. We hope that we can um, contribute to education, but also to health. We would love to work on health as well. It's our dream to next to the school to maybe build something with the healthcare, with my knowledge of a nurse and uh, in the medical, um, in the medical, um, yeah, in the medical part. Medical field, yeah. Yeah, exactly field. So uh, that foundation is uh, is probably one of the most important thing for us today and that we work still very hard on. Uh, we try to go every two months. Actually, we go. If I don't, then it goes by himself. Every two months to work on it, we still have to finish the school. And once we are done, we can start to uh, welcome kids and give them an education for their future. Yeah, it's beautiful. And we've seen it, all the videos, the photos, and even the events you guys have done where people can contribute to the projects that you're working on and people are so involved it's beautiful to see and then also the videos of just things that are happening there uh you guys are like showing us in real time what you're doing there mm -hmm. it's so inspiring yeah thank you we're trying to do our best you know for a better a better world and uh yeah if we can show that to a lot of people maybe all together not maybe i'm sure that all together we can bring a big change, you know, but we need to support each other and uh, show the good, uh, the good road. Yeah. I think on that note, to end the podcast, we can end with the question, what does success mean to you? <laughs> to me, success um, in general or for myself? Both. I'm going to make it in one word. It's just to be able, able, sorry, to be happy. For me, success is to be able to be happy, but truly happy, you know? Not just the happy that, uh, yeah, I'm happy, you know? To be in peace, happy, but in peace. For me, that's success. And uh, that's why I, I, I really, in this stage of my life, I'm not there, I'm not where I want to be from business perspective and everything. But I'm really feeling like I'm successful because I'm in peace and I'm happy with what I have today and where I am. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think to sum that up, it's like being grateful with what you have, but being mm -hmm. hungry for more. Yeah. And constantly chasing that. It's a beautiful definition. Thank you, Steph, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And thanks for everyone who watched and listened. If people want to support Afobi Foundation, how can they do that? Yes, very good. I want to talk about it. Then uh, my pregnancy, dementia, made me forget. <laughs> so if you guys want to contribute to it as well, um, we have a website, fofifoundation.com. 
where you can donate, where you can also follow everything we do there. We have the Instagram Fluffy Foundation, uh, the Facebook page Fluffy Foundation, so we are a little bit everywhere. And uh, you will find all the details over there uh, to even reach to us or to just be able to donate and contribute to the, to the foundation. We'll make sure to put all the links in the description and everything so yes. you guys can easily find, find it. <laughs> and uh, thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. <laughs> I'm the most brutal and efficient and most ruthless champion it ever been. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! You should be a monster. <laughs>